You've eaten Gotham's wealth, its spirit, but your feast is nearly over. This is not my hole. It's an operating table. And I'm the surgeon. Why aren't you laughing? From this moment on, none of you are safe. Welcome to the Batman Book Club, a podcast exploring the Dark Knight Library. I'm your host, Ryan Lauer. The Batman Book Club is a proud member of the Batman Podcast Network, hosted by Batman on Film. Just go to batmanpodcastnetwork.com for a whole list of other bat-related shows that also love to dive into other nerdy subjects we all love to frolic about in our free time. The Batman Book Club is also a member of Patreon, so if you enjoy what happens on the show here and you'd like to support it, just go to patreon.com slash thebatmanvc. Now, thank you for listening to episode number 75, Gotham Noir. Now, joining me for this episode, I had to take the bat boat deep below the surface level here, way out into one of the seven oceans to fish out the Aquaman himself. And he is also the champion of Long Island because he is one half of the dynamic duo on the Straight Out of Gotham podcast, also a member of Batman on Film. It is Mr. Eric Holzman returning to the show. Hello, Eric. Hello, Ryan. Thank you for that. Great introduction. Well, you know, we're we're creeping up on spooky season. I thought you'd maybe do a Winifred Sanderson. Thank you, Max, for that marvelous introduction. <laughs> no, you know what I'm stuff. talking about. I leave that stuff to you. <laughs> that's all me? You. Okay. That's all you. That's that's your thing. It's a, it's time to watch some Hocus Pocus. Uh, thanks for coming back. You're no stranger to the show. Uh, you've been on before to talk about my favorite story of all time, The Long Halloween. You talked Grant Morrison's very basic standard story arkham asylum <laughs> uh we did some crossover episodes with straight out of gotham for the uh, future state and now here yes. you are with a little gotham noir yes so thanks for coming back thanks for having me man it's been a while it's been a while since it's just uh, the grant morrison's uh arkham asylum show was last year i, I think around this time maybe even a little i don't remember but yeah. uh yeah it's uh, it's been, this has to happen every time. This is for Pete Vera. It's been a while. <laughs> he always loves the the stained, stained mic drop. I think we might need that and need that mic drop in here. Um, All right, I'll now, get it. Before get let's it. make it happen. Before yeah. we we hop right into the story of choice, you know, I gotta ask you, uh, mm-hmm. what have you been reading lately? Usually, I say, what have you been reading, Batman lately? But for you, I will just say, <laughs> reading lately. What have you been up to? Honestly. Yes. Fantasy football stuff, man. That's what I'm reading. <laughs> Nerd <laughs> alert! I'm being quite honest. Um, fantasy football, obviously football season starting, and I run the league that you are now in, which yes, is sir. awesome. Yes, sir. Um, And then I'm in two other leagues, and one of them I'm a defending champion. It's a dynasty. <gasps> oh. League, so. Oh, so, yeah, so I'm really trying to make sure this year I don't have any slip-ups. Uh, that's been the focus of my reading. Um recently nice. and and gen- it's just in general football stuff because i'm a huge football fan so it's been a lot of, i'm not reading anything prose or comic based or okay. anything like that which i probably should i've been saying it to myself lately i need to start reading more i watch too much television so i need a different kind of <laughs> different well kind of escape but so. i mean plug it here now i guess that you know you watch too much television sure but one of them is for a current show related to dc and titans Yes. You write reviews on Batman on film. Yes, um, I do. So I at do. the time that this episode will drop, the latest episode will be number seven. Yeah. 
it'll be on the site. So check it out there uh, for all you fine, fine folks listening to read the yeah, words of this champion. <laughs> it's been a fun season so far. Um, it's been a very good season so far. So when it's good and more people are involved and more people are watching it and they want to talk about it, it's it's always fun to review a show like that. So I, I know this is the book club, not the TV club, but we're, mm-hmm. I'm just going to say with that, um, we are hitting the mid season marker here. Mm-hmm. That if it continues on this path it's been on of good, mm-hmm. then for me, that will be already better than previous seasons because half of the first two seasons, half of season one and half of season two, I've liked. And the other mm-hmm. halves, I don't. And they've kind of flip flopped. It was the beginning of one and it was the end of the other. And this one so yeah. far, it's consistent. So, yeah, just real quick. I mean, I say this in my reviews, but the show in the past has had a history of dragging, like really mm-hmm. drags to get to where it needs to go. Yeah. Um, this year they haven't done that so far. So that's yeah. why I think most people have responded to it well and are very, very into what's going on. And it's just been really like very, very deep this year. There's a lot of stuff in it. So very Gotham centric, which maybe that has something to do with it. Huh? Yeah, I think <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think I do think that having a little bit more Batman influence in the story is helping it this sure. year. So sure. Yeah. I agree. All right. But as you said, you did read one thing recently for sure. Mm-hmm. And that is Batman Gotham Noir, which I don't know if it was because uh, I don't have the actual copy. If it was originally released as just Gotham Noir or if it's always been. Oh, it looks like it's always been Batman Gotham Noir, which is funny yeah. because this is definitely a Jim Gordon story. But you got to yeah. get that Batman name in there. It was first released. In 2001, as a one-shot Elseworlds tale, written by Ed Brubaker and illustrated by Sean Phillips. Gee, you heard of them before? (laughs) Like I said, originally released as a one-shot. It was then also re-released as a DC Comics Presents one-shot in 2011. That version is available on Comixology for $4.99. It is also available on DC Universe Infinite. Uh, Eric, for this episode, which version did you read? The original. <gasps> You've got the original. Hmm. What? I don't Uh-oh. have it. Well, for this, well, for this, I just reread it, but I did have the original when it came out. You did. Okay. And but now, what did? How did you read it for this episode? I just read it on the app. On the app. Okay. Gotcha. Ah, so you don't have the original copy. I don't know where it is. You could have retired. <laughs> Oh, that's the story of my life. That is the <laughs> story <laughs> of my life. Man, you could have retired six times by now, but you keep losing comic books. Oh, classic Eris Polesman. I've never had this. Eric and I talked just a little before we started recording. I kept getting this confused with a different book that I did have. That was an Elseworld story. And I wish we were recording at the time that I was Googling everything. Because I finally, after years of not knowing which one it was, I stumbled across the, the version I did have. Uh, it was called Batman in nine, the Batman in nine lives. So Batman nine lives, which was also an Elseworlds story. It looks very noir, same sort of approach that was released in 2002. So as for Gotham noir, I did not have a physical copy and I bought it just for you, Eric. I bought it on Comixology. So this episode cost me $4 and 99 cents. So pressure's on that. We make this a good discussion. Okay. Okay. Uh, when yes. was the first time that you read this? Oh, not long after it came out, actually. Um, I've always been into the noir stories. Okay. and um, I've read, obviously, I read Sin City and mm. 
for all those years. So yeah, I was, I remember I was looking for stuff in that, that realm and a buddy of mine was like, Hey, there's this new, um, Gotham noir. It's a bat, you know, Batman style. I'm like, all right, let me go pick it up. So I picked it up and I read it and it was one of those books that when I first read it, I was like, well, why are they calling it Batman? Cause he's barely in it. <laughs> but, um, it's just, again, it's that same style that if you like these types of things, you're probably going to like this book. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, yeah, I just remember finishing it. I remember talking to my buddy about it. I'm like, wow, it was really good. Um, a lot of the choices that were made in it for the characters, I, I pretty much liked all of them. I thought it was very, uh, uh, the characters were very well developed. There's similarities to their their real stories, <laughs> but um, there are obviously many, many differences. A lot of liberties are taken with the characters. But this, I don't think these would be controversial as sometimes we have when that, that happens. <laughs> what? No. Uh, this is funny because I've heard of this one before, but I'd never read it. So this was, this is where, as I say, when I stumble across something like this, it's always fun for me on this side of the mic, because it's a Batman story that I haven't read before. And I got to experience it for the first time. So that's, that's a great feeling, especially because spoiler alert, I liked it. And now because it's so easily accessible digitally, I hope a lot of other people now will be like, oh, I've never read that. And if you haven't read it before and you want to, then stop listening, go read it and then come back. Cause we're definitely talking about it in detail. But yeah, I first read this uh, yesterday. So how about, oh, wow. how about damn apples? Yeah. So it's really fresh in your mind. We're it's getting the, a, a fresh reaction. It's so fresh and so clean, clean. And last question for you in this introduction into this is why did you choose Gotham Noir? Because let me think. I chose it because I feel like, like you said, this is an Elseworlds tale. It's not something that a lot of people probably have read. So I was trying to, I always try, when you ask me to be on the show, I always want to pick, obviously not the first one because that one was one we both love and yeah. no one had talked about it yet. So I'm like, ah, if no one said Long Halloween, I want to do it. Nobody <laughs> talked about it yet, AKA Pete, because he was the only one on the show at that time. <laughs> so I was like, ah, no one claimed it yet. Mine. Let me do it. But um, I try, now when you ask me, I'm like, well, let me try and pick something I don't think many people might have read. And this was one of those books that I remembered in my head. I'm like, oh, yeah, Gotham Noir. I'm like, not that's not one I remember a lot of people talking about, getting a lot of buzz. So I was like, let me let's do that. Because you had actually just kind of thrown it out there because I hadn't been on in a while. So you're like, did you want to come back on? Like, what's we discussed it before. And I feel like I feel like we had a very almost like a rhetorical conversation about because we never specified. And then it was like, wait, you want to come back on? Well, let's finalize a book. And then we had another discussion that didn't nail down a book. And then finally, it was like, okay, you're coming on. And you're like, yes. And I'm like, what book? You said Gotham Noir. And I said, done. You can't. This is set in stone now. It's written. And here we are. Yeah. I had to put a deposit down and I would have lost my deposit. Four ninety nine, so I could buy the book on Comixology. <laughs> <laughs> that was it. Money well spent. Um, I'm glad that you chose this one <clears throat> because it is different. And th- it says Batman in the title, so that could almost win it right away. But my rule, as we will find out later this month, is if a book isn't a Batman-centric, well, then Batman has to play a key role in the story. And in Gotham Noir, it is basically a it is a Jim Gordon story. Yes. Flat out. No ifs, ands, or like much more so than year one, even. It's this is a Jim Gordon story. 
However, Batman's involvement is very interesting. Uh, <clears throat> and we'll get to that when we start to go into the story. So I want to talk really quickly about Ed Brubaker and Sean Phillips. Now, if you're an avid comic book reader, these are two names that are very familiar to you as they've launched so many successful comic book series. The two love to write crime fiction, and they have done uh, the Criminal series. They have done Kill or Be Killed. Uh, I think it's called Kill or Be Killed. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, they've done the Fatal. They've done the Fade Out. They've done like recently they're in the Reckless book series, which is awesome. They did a a one shot called Pulp, which is great. These two love to dive into different time periods and do crime stories of that time period. So the fade out, which I'm really selling to Eric to read is 1940s murder mystery in Hollywood. And it's, I think it's awesome. And it's no surprise to me that they would do that story when I read this one, because this story is then again, it's in, I mean, I'd say Batman Elseworlds, but it's a Gotham city Elseworlds story set in 1949, I believe. Yes, sir. And just the vibe, the atmosphere, the way that they talk, the everything about it is, oh, this is a definitely lives up to from the first like couple of pages. You're like, yep, this is a noir story. (laughs) Yeah, it it doesn't take long to get that across. And you see, I mean, it's in the first page in the the last panel, but then you go the very next panel and you see ex cop, a killer, and that's Gordon. So it's like, well, 1940s noir murder. Okay, and we're off and running. And that's definitely they the team have only perfected their craft as the years have gone on. But it's so great to see that this is even now twenty years ago, and this could have been something that you would have, that I feel could have said, oh yeah, this was released last week, and they're just as good. Like I think this is a really, I mean, this is just a really good story, a really good Elseworlds story that's like sixty pages. It took me probably like an hour to read, and I just read it beginning to end. Um, yeah, there's my cell. There's my pitch on (laughs) Gotham Noir. I like it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I am. I mean, obviously I agree. So this book, uh, it's a typical, it is a typical noir tale. Like it's Mm -hmm. very much what we've heard before, but again, it, it has characters that we know in a different light. So that's what makes it, I think, interesting for the reader, especially if you know, these characters, like we do because we just see right at the beginning that we know that he's running and ex cop a killer. And Gordon says that he is, uh, he didn't kill anybody. And this seems like a straight up formula of one of these kinds of stories too, is not the very end, but close to the end. And then now let's rewind and let's retell and see how we got here. And it's, yes. it was a cool revelation to see right away that, Oh, he's being chased by Batman. So this definitely does have, batman in it yes uh the the nuts and bolts of it are i mean gordon's an alcoholic and he's basically he's living in his office he's a private detective now and he's he wakes up next to a dead woman and all fingers point to he's the one who did it and though his night was hazy he just feels flat out like he did not do it. And the story then uncovers the plots and details from there. And we get different characters that we're familiar with, but they have some twists to them. Not, I don't think drastic. I don't even know if I even say twists. They're just like, a, they kind of are themselves, 
just maybe a little different, <laughs> you know, like, uh, right. Like they don't, yeah, they're not, um, they're not as we know them obviously to be, but there's similarities to other interpretations we've had from them. So if you've read other tales, you'll also say, okay, that kind of makes sense for that character. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if you want to get specific. Yeah, but, go for um, it. Dive right in. Okay, so, okay, so like Selena, right? She runs mm-hmm. the Kitty Cat Club. So mm-hmm. right then and there, you have the cat reference. You have Selena Kyle. Uh, so like that's there. And I guess you could say similar to what we knew her in, like, say, The Dark Knight Returns, right? Where she was, you know, she, that was a little different, different kind of thing. But she ran a, you know, yeah. a whorehouse there. And here you have the same kind of a deal. So... The character, when you what we learn about the character is she's very much Selena in the story, right? She's strong, she's strong willed, she's in charge. You know, mm-hmm. she takes no crap. Um, we also learned that she and she and Gordon had a relationship, which was which was weird in a closet. They specifically <laughs> mentioned they specifically mentioned a closet, which I thought was funny. Paradise, um, I tell you. <laughs> but yeah, so like, so that's a little different, but still. Um, it's Selena Kyle, right? Like, yes, that's the one we just don't see her in a Catwoman costume because it's right. so grounded. There is one person. Like, there's one figure in, uh, you know, in tights and that's Batman. Everyone yes. else is there themselves, except for maybe one, which we'll get to carry on. Yeah, so <clears throat> so that's I was just like going on what you said, like, that's the thing. Obviously, Batman is meant you mentioned Batman, right? Mm-hmm. And although this is a Batman tale. Um, I think it's very, it was very measured in how they included him because you never see him full form. He's always in a shadow, he's in the background, you see his eyes, you see the silhouette of Batman, but you don't see the suit, you don't see the the bat symbol, you don't see any of that. Um, So like that, and then Bruce Wayne, uh, Bruce Wayne and Jim Gordon in this story both served in World War II together, they were, you know... um, they knew each other from that time in the past, and there's some friction there. Uh, Bruce Wayne is very much the Bruce Wayne, though, that we're used to. Like, he's very much the same guy. Um, he's in a relationship with Selena now as well. Like, there's a lot of similarities there, mm-hmm. like things we know from past stories. So the character development will be familiar to people if this is your first time reading it. You're not going to be... Sh- I don't think you'll be too shocked at the, those specific characters I mentioned. There's more... Uh, if you want to get into them, Lauer, you can. The, <laughs> well, I think. So you won't be shocked, no, but then you'll see, oh, it's. You just like when Selena makes her first appearance, you you assume you're like, is that that's Selena, isn't it? And then the next page, Gordon says Selena. And it's like, oh, right. OK. And then you go to the kitty cat club and it's like, oh, well, that's fun. Like those those are the kind of little little touches that they do. It's not a little touch. And I'd say the character that stays basically the exact same is D.A. Harvey Dent, who is, you know, like like this, which I just realized yeah. that doesn't work for audio. I'm crossing <laughs> my fingers. They're very close. Dent and Gordon are very close. Dent is yes. an ally. Uh, so this is pre Two-Face Harvey Dent through and through, I feel. Yep. Um, and then we also get uh, a Tony Zuko. Hmm. Uh, I'm blanking on the other mob mob members name, but I'm really that's a, a part here that surprised me was mm-hmm. and maybe in a good way, but we didn't get a Falcone or Maroni. We got nope. Zuko, who is a familiar name. Sure. But then other ones that are 
not the the usual suspects, so to speak. And one of the, what do you want to say? Not a, one of the workers uh, is Jack Napier. Yes. Which is great for a few reasons. And that one was a fun, a fun touch because he was in a purple suit. His hair is slicked back, but his hair is yellow. And uh, I'll jump to it because I already gave the spoiler warning at the beginning. It's, I mean, it's it's not good what happens to him, but fun for us readers that basically the, the his boss, the mob boss, and I don't I'm, like it's pretty fresh, but yeah, I know it's not Zuko. No, it's, it's the not. other guy. Um, yes. You Hold they on. they find Napier because they go because Napier basically gave up some info and please find Napier in a, a dumpster. His face is cut and uh, he survives. But then we see he's got a smile that's that's kind of been stitched. He's got green hair. He's still in the purple suit. So he's mm-hmm. full on Joker. And basically he snaps from then on. And we don't get a ton of it, but just enough of like, oh, here's here's this story's Joker, which I think is really, really cool and really worked for me in this. Elseworlds yeah, he's, he's dense informant, mm-hmm. right? Yes. He works as dense informant. So. Um, yeah, that was the interesting twist because mm-hmm. when I first, they first planted him, I'm like, okay, how are they going to, yeah, how are we going to get there? Right. Obviously, you know, the Joker's going to be coming sometime soon. So you're like, how do they get there? That was really cool. Uh, how they put him in the story. Um, there's also the character of Rachel who's central to the story as well. Uh, yes. And thinking back- go ahead. No, I was going to say it's, uh, Holly from, uh, year one. Yeah, is is who I felt like she was. She's Selena's basically it feels like little sister. Right. In that story. And something happens to her that kicks this whole thing off. She's the the girl who who they find dead next to Gordon. And she has all these different connections. This is where she's not like Holly at all. But she she ends up being so key to this because at we're finding out as Gordon's finding out is how does this girl connected to the mayor? How is she connected to this to Zuko, how she connected to this, to this mob. It's this one person seems to be connected to all of these high placed people in Gotham right. city. Unfortunately, at the end you hear why. And it's a very, it's a tragic case, which also I feel is, is total par for the course for a Brubaker Phillips kind of story is that there's such a, a tragic, a tragedy, even right. the story behind the murder victim. Um, but I mean, it's a, that's an interesting and it, it packs a punch, which helps make it even more effective. You know? Yeah. Santoro is the other ah, classic. Yeah. Santoro is the other. So, yeah. So she like that her story, like she's kind of the the heart of the story, I guess. Like if you want to put it that way, yeah. that, that character, um, we he's responsible for what happens is Selena hires him basically to watch her. Right. Mm-hmm. That's basically what happens. And then they're at a party, um, the party that she goes to. And that's when he realizes that she knows all these people and why she's so important and what's going on here. Um, he has a run in with Bruce who, and he's like, well, Bruce, why are you here with all these people? And, you know, um, you he's, see their friction. Right. He, yeah. Because he's raising money for a, a crooked mare, it seems. Right. And that seems definitely very sketchy for maybe that's the the only pushback at first that I had with this story as a Batman loyalist was. I hold on a second, Bruce, what are you doing? 
Because even in stories, Playboy Bruce, he's not knowingly supporting crooked politicians. Right. So it was interesting uh, for me, like, okay, how are they going to play this out? Clearly, something's going to happen. Because every other character, every other part of that, this version of Bruce Wayne is, I think, spot on accurate to how we know him. He's just in a different setting. He's in 1949 instead. So carry on. Yeah, so that's how, like, like I said, there you see him, you see Gordon talking to all these people. Now he's getting angry, mad. He gets, he starts drinking again. He kept saying to himself, "I gotta stay sober. I gotta stay sober." It's my job to watch her. Eventually, he doesn't. He falls off the wagon again, and mm-hmm. he winds up getting drunk. And then, as you said, the next thing he knows, he wakes up in an alley, and there you go. That that he's next to Rachel, who's now dead. Um, so, and again, this happens as Lauer said the narrator of this story is Jim Gordon, right? Like he's mm-hmm. telling his story to Batman. Cause that's how it happens at the beginning. Cause um, Batman's like, I'm taking you in. So he's like, no, 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 I have a story. So he let Batman's like, all right, I'll listen. And then he tells him all these steps and it's told from that, um, that vantage point. And it's just like, it's very typical noir storytelling mm-hmm. in that regard. Like if you know Sin City, obviously, you know, these types of stories, they're always told from that point of view. Well, I can even say, and I know that there's more movies like this, but for some reason, I think Joker with uh, Joaquin, it it stuck with me because that's for some reason, that's the most recent in my mind where it, it's like, holy shit, this guy is in every single scene. Yes. And in this comic, in this story, Gordon is in every single scene. Like that's yes. And that's how I like, there's no hesitation in me to say this is more Gordon than year one because year one was splitting of. We have two lead characters in this between him and Bruce. And instead we're following here with him. We are lost just like he is. We are figuring it out as he is. And I think that that plays out really well here because I think that's why I was able to one, because I knew the length of the story when I sat down to read it, but that's what kept me from, from, uh, you know, hitting pause in the story and then coming back to it again. It's like, no, I'm just going to sit and I'm going to read this whole thing out. And the story just kind of kept building. It kept having little twists and throwing him like, well, how's he going to get out of this one? (laughs) You know, and which it was a page turner for me. And I think that's why, that's why this isn't like a typical, you know, Batman or comic book story, but it's, it's just as good as most of I've covered for the show though, too. It's very cinematic, right? Like that's probably the way you could put it. And people would understand it. It's very much a cinematic, story you could easily see this on television or on a movie screen and be like if it this was if that was the source material if we didn't have this story behind it like if that was the first time you saw it um it'd be you'd have the same impact i think mm-hmm. and that that's what i always like that's what i like about these kinds of stories can you put them in other mediums yeah and they'd still have the same impact and i think this one definitely would i mean he there's a scene where he's getting beat up by the mob and like this is what I wished I wish Gotham was. Let me, let me just let's just go there, right? Like yes. that would have been a cool show. Let's just put that right out Peter there. Peter right Vera's now. favorite show, Gotham. Yes. Yes. And I think we are we are in in for a treat with this show that's going to be on HBO Max because I we could just totally since Matt Reeves is in charge of that, he said Chinatown was an influence for the Batman it feels like this story, what we're getting in this, uh, 
there's so much better odds that this new show is going to line up with this more than Gotham itself did. <laughs> yes. Yes. And I, that's I, exciting. No, no, it's very exciting. That's very exciting. And yeah, I just, I, I hope people that are listening to this can hear our excitement and how much we actually enjoyed reading this and even talking about it now. Mm-hmm. That's the hope I, that people that you, that guys who are listening, men and women who are listening, that they really just hear. Cause I think you'll all have the same reaction as well. Mm-hmm. I think so. I want to talk about Batman's inclusion here because this is Jim Gordon's story. We open, we open with Batman chasing Gordon. We end with Bruce Wayne talking about Gordon. And in between, we get moments of Batman basically building that alliance with Jim Gordon. I, I like those moments. Uh, I, it's, the most Batman. Well, at one point they chase down some crooks and Batman scares the shit out of them and takes them out with Gordon and then rides on, just holds on to the car on the top as Gordon drives it, which is fun. And then it gets the most quote unquote comic booky as he faces off with the Joker at the end. Right now at the end, he's with, he's at the, the cemetery spoiler alert, spoiler alert. Jim Gordon dies. So they're at Gordon's funeral and Bruce is talking to Dent in which Dent says, yeah, it is Dent. Dent says, because I made him up talking about Batman said, I needed something to strike fear. Wait, am I right? that that's. Yep. Yes. That's right. Okay. Yeah. I don't know why I'm getting myself. Confused. No. So Dent said, I needed something to strike fear into the hearts of the mobsters that were running this town. So I got a few of my snitches to start the rumor and it took off like wildfire. Anything to help lower the crime rate around here. Just doing my job. So it's almost implying that Dent made Batman up. So that at least had me thinking, and I wasn't trying to think too much into this, but Dent's implying that for the story, Batman is created by Dent as just a rumor. Which made me flip back through of, okay, so can Batman be, does that hold up that he isn't real in any of these panels that he's in? And no, that doesn't hold up. It's no, Batman is real because there are certain moments like when he is fighting other criminals, when he is taking out the Joker while Gordon is doing something else. Um, So Batman is real. Okay. So then it made me quickly think like, hold on a second. Do we know if it was Harvey or Bruce? Was it maybe Harvey that was Batman in this version? And then I thought, I think I feel like the story's almost open ended that way because we don't see anything that proves Bruce Wayne is Batman. We don't, but it is alluded to I at points that I think by Selena or even by Gordon in the story that when Bruce is around or where Batman's around, Bruce isn't. Um, so I think that's part of the story, which kind of makes you think that same. But I do agree with you that it's I'm not 100 percent sure. Right. So it's it could be it's a very ambiguous way that it's written that maybe. Yeah, maybe to the people, that's what they're thinking. And maybe that's what we're we're supposed to think. What adds to that is the big grand finale and how Batman's helping Gordon take out Napier and then. Who is it that grabs? Oh, when Napier. So Bruce shows up in a white uh, jacket right. and is on the stage with everybody. 
This is when Napier shoots shoots Gordon. You turn the page, and then Gordon's wife is down on her knees holding his hand, and then it cuts to looking up at her, and Batman's up in the rafters at that point. Right. So, like that, Bruce Wayne is gone, and there's Batman. And mm-hmm. yet, it'd be really hard for people to not notice that. Right. So, I don't know if this was their intention. Meanwhile, in this in this whole scene, I don't think Dent's here at all. So that to me has a little bit, I think that's where I scratched my brain. And part of it is I'm stubborn enough of like, Nope, Bruce Wayne is Batman. Damn it. (laughs) Bruce Wayne is Batman. It's nobody else. He's real. And it was Bruce, but then try to remove myself from that kind of thinking. And the support I feel is there that maybe this is, this is dead. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. What do you think? It it is. Well, you're right off the ledge. No, no, you. It's one hundred percent correct. You could be right. Like we know, Batman in every form of media, Bruce could be here, and then eventually Batman's there. No one yeah. recognizes that. Yeah, <laughs> you know where Where's he goes. Uh, he's <laughs> probably in a closet with a woman. You know, classic Bruce. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, it's not far fetched to think that that could have happened. But you're right. It, the way it's drawn and the way the panels are placed, it's very, very um, ambiguous, mm-hmm. and. You could be right. I honestly, my brain didn't even go there because of what you said. Bruce Wade is Batman. So I just automatically was like, no, that's it. That's he's Bruce. Um, but I, like I said, I do remember earlier in the story, them kind of um, mentioning that when, well, where is, where is Bruce now? Like there's Batman and there's no Bruce or when Bruce is, you know, sure. right there. so you're right, but it's never implicitly said. It's never implicitly shown. There's nothing that, like I said, Batman is shown as being this shadow. He's pretty much a shadowy figure in the entire story. You don't see a fully formed guy wearing the suit. With glowing eyes. Yeah, that's all you see are the eyes and then like the silhouette of Batman. Yeah. Uh, which is excellent. I mean, that's a really excellent way to draw him for this story because he is in the background, right? Like that's mm-hmm. basically his his role in this story. He's a background character who impacts, as you said early on, who impacts almost everything that happens. But yes, he's a background character. Um, in this, and that's why this book was allowed to be on the Batman book club. <laughs> he impacts everything. So, so, so in your mind, then flat out, mm-hmm. you don't have to think anymore about it. Bruce is Batman in this story. I think so. Yes. Okay. Got it. I think so. Oh man. Maybe that'll be a poll question. Who's imagine for people who haven't read this and then randomly on the Twitter feed just comes a poll question. Who's Batman, Bruce Wayne or Harvey Dent? Like, what the <laughs> hell? <laughs> Maybe I'd just do well, I that. hope you put in I would hope you put in Gotham Noir, who's, who's <laughs> No, even more. Take it however you want it. Third option. Oh, okay. Other comment well, below. Hey, that's what, hey, isn't that what we got in the Dark Knight, right? Is that what he said? He said it. What? I'm Batman. Harvey Harvey said I'm Batman in that movie. He sure did. Right? So problem solved. <laughs> there you go. All right. Woo! We got through this. Uh, I'm looking to see if there's anything else that I really want to, really want or need to, to touch upon. I know this is a, as of right now, this is a short conversation. But I mean, we're just we got through the high points. Is there anything out left out that we haven't discussed that you want to mention? 
I don't believe so. Like, I don't. I guess the other thing I'll mention is like he when he's blacking out, he has dreams of when he was in the war, mm-hmm. right? And then then you see how he knew Bruce Wayne back then. Like you see them together, and I think that's that's important for you to understand by reading the story. If you understand their relationship and how it got to where it gets, um, and when the first time we see them interact. Yeah. So I think that was cool too. That that putting that stuff in just to kind of give a little bit more development into their relationship in this specific story. Yeah. Uh, the like you said the the Napier stuff is awesome. Um, the relationship with his wife, um, Sarah, and then Barbara, like they, it goes into that as well. His family structure, how that's fallen apart. Uh, I think that's obviously important to understand his mindset because that's the reason why he eventually goes on um, this quest to figure out what what actually happened because he was worried about the safety of his family. And he does go back in the story to the house when after some, I forget which incident happens, but he goes back to stay there and sleep there. And you see that interaction between him and his wife and how he's, he's looking at old pictures of them together. Like he's very, the development of Gordon in this is very, very well done. Um, you kind of can appreciate just how, and because it's like you said, it's not a long story. So you appreciate just how much you get about Gordon in this story for it being such a short, short tale. Yeah. And I think to go back to them being in the war, it's a great capper at the end of the story of, and it, it helps make it make sense. You know, that this is uh, four years after the end of world war two and they both served together. They both stormed the beaches at Normandy and how Bruce says that Gordon, he saved his life, but it broke him. He, because Gordon shot someone who was aiming at Bruce there at Normandy. And then by the time he approached him and he even says, no, he's just a baby. He's just a little kid, like such mm-hmm. a young soldier that he just shot and killed. And that really messed with him. And, and Bruce said that, you know, he saved my life, but it broke him. He was one of the bravest soldiers in my platoon. We saw a lot together storm the beach at Normandy. I never knew he never talked about the war. He just slowly slipped away once he got home. And I think that's a, that's quite a good gut punch by Brubaker mm-hmm. because there, there's definitely many who could relate. I know. And then there's someone like me who I, I can't because I've never been, I've never served, uh, right. but the, the drastic, and I know this is really re- uh, reading deep into it in a, in a comic, but what, it, what are the effects on, you know, soldiers returning, especially a war like that. And to which you feel like you're a hero because you did, you feel like you did the right thing. You stopped the bad guy. You saved someone from being shot. But in the end, that mean that meant that you had to shoot and kill somebody. And then you can come back to resistance, not praise. Um, it, it, it helps. Oh, it helps explain. It helps you feel the, the uh, characterization of Gordon throughout the whole story. What's his drinking problem? Like, oh, he's just another drunk. No, it's his escape from the horrors and the effects of the war on him. And right. I just think like that's such a great capper to really punch up the the version of Gordon we get in this story. So that's a great addition that totally works, I think, for Gotham Noir. Yeah, yeah, it's the. Like I said, it, it just shows you how far that he has fallen. Mm hmm. And uh, like this, it's a hero's journey. The story is a hero's journey too. Like he's, he's, you know, he, he does all these heroic things 
and it's weird in a Batman story not to have Batman doing the heroic things, right? Like yeah. we're getting the the Gordon version of it. A hero can be anyone. Exactly, hero can be anybody. So, and in this story, it's him, and uh, the ultimate sac- he makes the ultimate sacrifice, mm-hmm. and it's just like I said, I think it's a story that anyone can read and relate to in some form. Yeah, uh, and I think uh, that's what makes a great story. Like, that's what makes yeah. So, um, the artwork is fantastic. I mean, <laughs> I will it's say what it- I will say this with the art and the way that the story is. It's definitely not hush. Right. And I know that that can sound stupid, but that's as far as the pacing and like the action packed Batman's just kicking down doors and no, no, no. This is a slow burn story, slowly giving you answers to questions that you were asking at the beginning. So it's definitely a different mindset that if for some reason you, you, you try it and you're like, I'm not feeling it. Okay. Maybe you're not in the right mood. So just take a time out from it. And then come back maybe when you're in that more of a mood because it's it's slower. It's just a different version, but it's still uh, damn good. And that that's for Phillips's artwork in everything that I've seen, um, which I'm usually always in the mood for anyway. So, yeah, I, I think I anytime I read a comic, I think the 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 telltale of a really good drawn and colored story is if you took out the words, could you follow it? Like, could True, you? Yeah get there and this you definitely could mm-hmm. i feel, feel like you definitely could do that so but yeah the art is really like it's very good but like you said it it it's drawn in a way that it does take you through every step and it's slow and it's it's calculated and mm-hmm. everything calculated. in every yeah good term there we go everything in every panel means something like mm-hmm. just look at the make sure you pay attention to the drawing because it's fantastic it's so excellent sean i know you're listening well done 20 years ago good yeah. job old chap yeah we're, we'll we'll good. send this to you <laughs> uh eric i want to hop into some favorites real quick sure sure what is your favorite part of batman gotham noir my favorite part hmm i actually like the early part of the story where him and Salida are, are interacting. I just, it's because I wasn't expecting, I wouldn't ex- have expected that twist mm-hmm. that they had a relationship. So, but it kind of, it's an awesome part because it sets up both of them and it shows you, okay, that's this version of Salida. Like, well, that's the one we're getting. This is who it is. And her, I mean, she's the one who sets them off on this whole thing anyway. So that's probably my favorite part just because I wasn't expecting that interaction to happen. And what it did, I was like, oh, wow. Okay, <laughs> look at that. Very cool. There. It's your first taste of a twist on. What do you want to say this world's version of one of a familiar character? Yeah. Oh, okay. There we go. So uh, very nice. Mine is what we just talked about with Bruce's story about Gordon at the end. Mm-hmm. I think it's a good. I think it's a good one. It's a good. Uh, a good punch. Uh, how about a favorite panel? Again, mm. it's Selena. It's the one it's the one shot where she's just standing there, hands on hips in this red dress. She's smoking a cigarette. And I'm like, that is totally what noir is right there. One classy dame. <laughs> yep. Like one paddle just sat right there. So I'm like, that that's just an awesome, awesome drawing. There's words in it, but you really didn't need any. You just looked at it and you're kind of like, okay, this is the story. I, I get it now. This is where we're at. 
just completely awesome, awesome. I mean, I, yeah, I get that for sure. Cause you just take that drawing and it exemplifies the time period. You look at that and you're like, Oh, 40s noir. Like it really does. Um, I got you there. Okay. I think mine. I'm scooting through here real quick to see if I can find it. Uh, mine is definitely, Oh, it's about halfway through the story. When the, the gangsters are shooting Gordon and Batman drops on the car behind the two, yeah. which I think uh, is pretty, pretty badass. Yes, I know the, yeah. I like, know the, what the hell? And I just think, as I always say on the show, if you get one panel, can you create like a story around it? And I'm like, yep, with that one, that's, uh, yeah, yeah I think it's a very cool. Batman thing. Like it's a very Batman thing that we're getting in the story that, as you said, is mostly about Jim Gordon. That's a very Batman moment. And like you said, too, it's based all in shadow minus the yeah. glowing eyes. Yeah. Um, would you like and to... it's worth good? No, I was gonna say the last panel says the end and that's all you see is the glowing eyes. It's, like, it's another point like, hey, <laughs> this is bad. Yeah. In case you didn't see this enough. <laughs> yeah. Here we go again. The end. <laughs> Angry. Would you like to see Gotham Noir adapted in animation? I would love. To whoa, see this whoa. Hey, now. All I right. Love. I I don't think it ever will. Okay. Um. Maybe I maybe I could send a message to our friend Gary. Maybe we can <laughs> maybe we can get, get be like Gary. Uh, bring this up in the next. You know. The people have spoken. Meeting. They want yeah. this. this is, but I would love it, man. I and I wouldn't want the. I know they often change things. This is one I'd be like, no, don't change anything. Just give us the story. Maybe if they, it might not be enough material, you might have to add stuff to it to make it longer for a movie. But I would love to see this. I think if they somehow did as a movie, they would punch up Batman and they would probably make Batman more of the star. Now, I say this, though, realizing that this year they made a movie called Batman Soul of the Dragon, and it was basically Brave and the Bold. Batman was pretty much equal billing with the other. Well, not even Batman was Bruce Wayne was equal billing with all the other characters. And that's how they were able to get that that movie out, I felt. So with a Jim Gordon focus, I mean, just, they'd name it Batman Gotham Noir, probably. Um, I think that they would change it and throw in more Batman, which I'll always take more Batman. Of course. But maybe I mean, we'll get an did, answer. Harvey Dent Batman or Bruce Wayne Batman? I don't know. That's true. I don't know. But of course, I mean, of course, you could flesh it out with more Batman in the story. Like there's there's definitely opportunities even in here where he could have gone on a little bit more of a Batman run mm-hmm. um, with certain things. And I think that would work and not harm the actual story that's being told. Yeah. So, and hey, let's get Brubaker back to do it. Let's please. You know, let's do that. Nice. Let's... He likes to do these these one shot stories. How earlier this year did it uh, covered the man who laughs? Yeah. Um, and it was just like a 70 page story too. So uh, bring him back. Come on, Ed. Come on, Ed. Take a break from reckless and Seriously, get, man. get Batman. In, get Batman in here. Uh, I, I don't think it'd be too much to, to get him to come back and do a Batman. I think people, I think most of these guys, if they're given the opportunity to write Batman, they'll jump at the chance. I hope so. I mean, he's, he's doing his own thing, creating his own, yeah. his own stuff now, but I think DC would probably be smart enough to know this is Ed Brubaker. Just do what you want. Right. <laughs> which, exactly. That's I feel like that's the only way you could get him back to do something like that is whatever you want. No restrictions. You got it. Um, so, yeah, there you go. There's and yeah. the cover is just Selena Kyle in a red dress. 
Can like, we get a variant? Can someone give us a variant of that now? I'm really curious. It's called Batman Gotham Noir, but Selena Kyle is <laughs> right on the front. But okay. You could, you could just send that one to me. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Exclusive. The Holzman edition. Um, do you have any final thoughts on Batman Gotham Noir? Well, my first thought is I'm glad you liked it. I'm glad Yay. it was something that I suggested to you that you didn't say, come on and be like, oh, Eric, what the hell did you mean? Are you sure? For? Are you sure? Are you, Are you sure yes. you want Gotham Noir? <laughs> yeah, like, can we pick something else? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's guest choice. As Javi Truio knows, guest choice, man, even if it's Batman R.I.P. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Which it only it only oh. helped because it stressed me the hell out the whole conversation. But he like it was me constantly asking him, come on, help me, sell me on this, sell me on this. And some it, he did and some it just is still just didn't work. But you were a little like that on Arkham <laughs> Asylum, too, with me, though. You That's were kind of like, all right. You know, explain to me the, a lot of the. With that was more the imagery. I remember you saying like, "Eric, explain to me what this means," because I'm not sure I get it. Or yeah, <laughs> you know, you know reading reading the script, uh, including the back of that absolute edition, helped a lot though. To where I do blame the confusion on McKean's art because Morrison yeah. they, there had it to where the story made a lot more sense. I think than once yeah. you added the art, it kind of didn't. So, anyways. Right. Right, but as for this story, uh, man, I just like I said, I love it because mm-hmm. um, right, I love that period, that time period. I love that time period, especially that's being told here, too, as well. I like the 1940s, 50s, noir, all that stuff. I love all of it. Um, it's a and again, it's a Jim Gordon story that to me is told better than most of the Jim Gordon stories that I've read. That yeah. have just been about him. I agree. So. Um, and he's often a character sometimes that can get kind of kicked aside or not used to the best of um, what he brings. So, but this is awesome. This is great, guys. If you, you know, and it has enough Batman in it to keep that relationship there and front and center. So, all the elements I think we want from a Batman comic are here. Mm-hmm. And then again, just the Jim Gordon stuff is just perfect. So, in my opinion, everyone should read it. <laughs> There we go. Uh, it comes highly recommended for me too. Like I said, I spent four dollars and ninety nine cents for Eric, and I don't regret it at all. Um, it's even easier if you have the DC Universe app. It's on DC Universe. You can read it there too. So, but yeah, a cool Elseworld story that isn't as Elseworldsy as many of the other stories are. It's just grounded even more. That's I think that's probably about it. And it's I mean in nineteen forties. Yeah, it's a good story, good characters. Gordon, you root for him, uh, packs a punch with him. Amongst probably the, definitely, maybe even the best Jim Gordon story that I've read, I'd maybe say, um, where he's the star of the show. And a lot of people would probably say, no, 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 you're one. But this might be a little bit, I don't know. I don't know. There's my contenders. You're one is, you're one or Gotham Noir because... I don't know. Those are two just really good stories about Jim Gordon. Um, yeah. Highly recommended. Yeah, I agree. hundred percent. hundred percent. All right. Well, Hey, we did it, Eric. We did. There it is. You're back. And just like that, it's over. Uh, why don't you tell <laughs> the people spread the word about Eric Holzman in case they're unfamiliar? 
All right, so I'll start where Lauer mentioned before. Right now, I am reviewing DC's Titans on Batman on film. So we are up to episode seven, as Lauer said, mm-hmm. and I have to, I have to watch it because it's out. <laughs> I haven't watched it yet. So uh, I will be doing that. I'll be writing my review. Again, you can find it on batmanonfilm.com. If you want to get to me directly, you can find me on Twitter at finally thir- um, finally 33, spell finale 33. Also on Instagram, same thing. You could check out my show that I do with the great Pete Vera, what? straight out of Gotham. People know his, his voice and name. <laughs> yes, the returning champion of many, 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 many Batman Book Club shows, yes. <laughs> Mr. Pete Vera, who also does Team Yellow Oval. He does the Spider-Man stuff with the Carusos from the Vigilantes. He does. He's going to be doing a Hulk with Lauer that Lauer <laughs> is Bullshit. really looking forward to. <laughs> yeah, Might cut uh, that out. Yes. But if you like us and you like Pete and I together, you could hit us up at our Twitter handle at straight underscore owners underscore O underscore G. Check us out on everywhere you can find podcasts. We are up to episode 50, uh, Nifty 50, which Woo! we will be um, recording soon. So that should be fun. Um, check us out on Facebook as well. We have a Facebook group. We have a Facebook page. All straight out of Gotham. Just look it up. You can find us there. Hot damn. Everywhere. Taking over the interwebs. We're trying. What a duo. Well, one second at a time. <laughs> <laughs> you can follow the Batman Book Club on Twitter and Instagram at the Batman BC. You can also follow me on Twitter at Lauer underscore Ryan. Uh, the Batman Book Club also has a YouTube channel now where I've done quick reviews on uh, Batman 89 issue one. And maybe by the time this drops, no, issue two will be coming. That's right. Uh, you can also write in with questions or comments, concerns. Go to Eric Holzman at thebatmanbc at gmail.com. Uh, if you like what the show is doing and would like to support it, like I said at the top of the show, you can go to patreon.com slash thebatmanbc. You could also support the show by buying merchandise from TeePublic. Uh, that, the link to that page where you can get t-shirts, notebooks, hoodies, onesies for your little, your little babies. All on TeePublic. The link is in the Twitter page. But if you'd like to support the show and you don't want to give any money at all, that's 100% A-OK. You can do it through Apple Podcasts. The link to the Apple Podcasts rate and review page is in the description of this episode. The more reviews it gets, the more it helps spread the word. And as we all know, the word is panic. So, for Aquaman, a.k.a. Eric Holzman, a.k.a. Final E33, I am Ryan Lauer. And until next time, read my Batman comics.